Welcome, everybody, to episode two of We Are the Podcast Champions. Myself, Damian Salty G, joined by the rest of the trifecta, D-E-O, D-O, as well as Spooky Matt Roth. What is up, everybody? I'm shit, cold chilling. I'm good, man. I looked at it's past Halloween by a month, and I'm still spooky. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you ain't changed the shit on goddamn. man. I slept for three hours today after a chicken coma. I'm good, man. Chicken comas. Some of the you best know, comas. That's the best way to lead off this show, talking about comas and people in comas and chicken comas, because let me tell you, wrestling fans, lately, it mm. feels like they've all been in a coma. Because they've been asleep at the wheel, letting life pass them by, and then when they wake up, stuff has gone crazy. Because I've, And I've said this on Twitter before, and I've, I've talked about civil wars, and I feel as if wrestling fans in general have now drawn lines in the sand. Some appropriate, some not. Right. And in, in, in our terms, look, we try to be as objective as possible here. That's, that's the goal of the three of us, is we want to be as objective as possible, even if we don't always agree. But it's becoming really evident, especially when we do in pre-show, that there is just some sycophants out there, and I'll use that word, that no matter what a, a promotion or a wrestler fan base does, they will literally go down with the ship like it's the Titanic. They will jump in the hole when the grenade goes off to take the bullet for everybody, and it's becoming an epidemic. And I don't know how the rest of you guys feel about it, but I, I'm getting sick and tired of it. So, Dio, you said you had a story you wanted to share with the audience about something like this. Feel free. Yeah. So we've had situations in, uh, of course, because the biggest elephant in the room in just about every industry right now is sexual misconduct, sexual assault, and sexual uh, harassment, right? Mm -hmm. And what yep. we're seeing in professional wrestling and in other sports and just, just about anything, people defending people blindly, like crazy blindly, like doesn't matter. Somebody accuses them automatically off the brim. They couldn't do it. That's my friend. Nah, the shit doesn't work that way. So back in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s, I was I had a friend who was accused of rape. And mm -hmm. this was one of my close friends. So I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm going to ride for this dude. I'm saying I've known him for the past four or five years. He couldn't do that. And this was before any of the facts came out. But mm -hmm. then there were facts. Not only were there facts, but there were pictures that they took. Oh, and it was a and it was very evident that okay, this is exactly what it was. This was rape. And since then, I don't. I have to see the facts. Like I have to see the facts. I can't like. I'm not. If my friend comes to me and says, "Hey, some something's about to happen," you know, I'm like, "Look, what was it?" And if it's something on that, I'm like, "Look, bro." I'm going to have to distance myself from you until I see the side, both sides of the story, right? Because mm -hmm. I can't just go and blindly follow you because, one, that's going to make me look bad if you end up being guilty of what happened. And that stink doesn't go away, you know? Like, that mark does not go away uh, when you victim blame somebody. or And not just victim blame, but then slut shame on top of that just in case, like, somebody happens to have a provocative... Uh, personality or you know persona that they go by you know it's kind of like this the thing that we see all the time like we saw uh about a year and a half ago i believe it was in the porn industry when uh the, the james dean or whatever the the dean dude's name was james, mm -hmm. james dean was accused of rape you know during 
multiple scenes. And one of his friends, uh, she used to be a presenter on BuzzFeed, was, no, nah, that's my friend. I believe him. I'm going to. And then the facts came out. And she was like, shit, I fucked up. And still to this day, it's more than a year and a half later, she still can't live that down. Because anytime anybody says anything about anything, they throw that in her face. Because she, and and the thing about it is, she brought that upon herself because she just blindly followed behind her friend. And you can't do that, you know? And and the, the other thing too is, and I don't consider very many people friends. Like I have a handful of friends that I have. I have people that I talk to a lot and I have associates, but I only have a handful of friends. And what we see amongst pro wrestling Twitter, especially because the performers tend to be more talkative with, you know, Twitter followers and so on and so forth. And maybe you might hang out with them outside of, uh, you know, after a show, you guys go to Waffle House. That, that doesn't mean you're friends. Right. Like y'all are still just associates. These aren't people, they're not confiding in you their deepest, darkest secrets. You know, you, you can't rely on the, them to do anything. They're not friends. These are still just people that you pay to watch perform in the ring. And I think that's, that where, a, that's where a lot of pro wrestling, and, and this is something that I brought up before on my uh, on the podcast before was within pro wrestling, we have to suspend disbelief. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times fans don't know how to turn that off. I think, I think the problem is that you brought it up a pro wrestlers are very approachable, especially on the indie level. So like mm-hmm. on the, on the indie level, they're still in before the show, they, they, uh, they're selling uh, t-shirts and, uh, and taking photos with you. After the show, man, if you want to stay after a show, you can legitimately just like follow them to a gas station where they're gunning some snacks before they leave town. Right. Like you could do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. I'm not, I'm not condoning you do this. I'm disclaimer. Do not do this because you're a fucking psychopath if you do that. But you could <laughs> if you did. But, uh, pro and pro wrestling fans are also the insane people that like, They'll follow them in an airport. They're no longer working in an airport, man. They're no longer working when they're in their hotel room. Now, right. like, it, it, they're not The Rock. They're Dwayne Johnson. Right. Right? And it's a two, that, that is a separate, uh, those are two separate people. Despite the fact that, like, Dwayne Johnson still has a ton of charisma and he looks like The Rock when he's not in his trunks and he's not, like, not cutting a promo on a WWE ring, he is no longer The Rock. He is Dwayne Johnson. And I think that a lot of, uh, fans are hard, uh, they, they struggle with disassociating with it. And you, and you brought it up. Uh, if, if, you know what, Jeff Cobb will remember you if he mm-hmm. sees you once a month. That man will remember you. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he's my friend. He just be like, hey, man, like, cool seeing you again. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, that's this, like, that's the level of, a, like, of the relationship between me and Jeff Cobb is he goes, hey, man, how are you doing? And I go, good, man. Cool. Nice T-shirt. I would like to buy one. Exactly. Done. That that's, is the, that's the right way to go about it. That, but that, some- that, that, that is the end of it. And I think that what mm. happens is uh, pro wrestling fans are um, – everyone struggles to find people that they have stuff in common with. But yes. pro wrestling fans, I think, really, really struggle with that. So which is why, like, pro wrestling Twitter and, you know uh, – like the quote unquote wrestle family, like the people that like 
they'll travel together. Like then like they'll get rooms together and they'll spend an entire uh, pro wrestling weekend at WrestleMania, like an entire week together because like those are the people that they're friends with. And there's a very, very large contingent that that is their friend group. Right. Is the people that live across the country that they see once a month or whatever for these shows. Um, I would say that there's this weird, and you brought it up. There's this weird uh, mindset where because this is my friend and I enjoy what they do in the what they do in the ring, they can't be a bad person, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, two, they're again, there's two, they're two separate entities. What you see in the ring is not your friend, right? Or what you see in the ring is your friend. Is like the person in the ring. What happens after they take off their trunks and they put on street clothes? That is not the person you are friends with. Right, right. Right? And I think that a lot of pro wrestling fans are struggling, or not even are, but they always will and always do struggle with the fact that uh, the, the they, they, they struggle with disassociating, man. And it really is sad because it's like, it's dangerous. It really is. And it's dangerous in many different levels of, dude, if I follow you to a gas station, like, I'm now a fucking stalker. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, goes what we were saying before too like when your cyber stalker goes to you know goes to bat against you we we're referencing about cyber stalkers and it's just then you have to realize wow i have cyber stalkers that every little thing i do or say they're responding to you know mm-hmm. and this is this has come up with me where i'm at a show and i, I know matt bought this up a couple of weeks ago when we did the first show where people walk up to me at a show and be like oh my god damon i'm a fan and i'm i'm thinking what why are you even talking to me like i'm not on the air i'm trying to watch a show like why are you trying to ask me about my personal life you know and it goes back to to people i associate with in pro wrestling where there is a definitive line i have drawn mm-hmm. i do not go past a certain line if i see you at a show like you were saying before matt like if i see prime example if i see uh kurt stallion i see him a lot at every show well, say hi. He knows who I am. I know who he is. We've hung out at, at Hooters and at a couple of sports bars, but that doesn't mean we're friends. I'll ask how he's feeling. How's he feeling after the match? Cool. You got any merch? No? Okay, you got it by 10 so I can give out to people? No? Cool. I, I'll catch you in the next town. Exactly. That is the healthy way to go about it. Now, when you start getting to that point, like you said, where, hey, let's hang out. The, and this has happened to me. I'm not going to say who it is, but I have been at wrestler-oriented parties where female talent has essentially continued to harass me by saying, oh, you're not interested? And I'm like, look, I got invited to hang out. I'm leaving. Why are you trying to get me to to, to, to stay here? You know what I mean? So when you get to that level, you realize really early, I don't want anything to do with this kind of lifestyle. So for wrestle fans in general who are clamoring to be buddy buddies with, let's say, Ethan Page or insert wrestler here outside of the ring, dude, stop it. Just because they share themselves on social media does not mean they're yours to claim. No one is no one else's person or or just property to claim. And I feel that there's a sense of entitlement going around now with professional wrestling fans or even all sports fans that the athlete owes them something. I you know, hate. it's like when you're looking for autographs, right? And you're standing in the cold. It goes back to that uh, Eminem song, Stan, yeah. where 
he was like, dear, dear Slim, I was outside in the rain, you know, asking for an autograph. It's like, yeah, you and about 45 other people. And they were mature enough to say, yeah, it just what just didn't work out that way. And I feel like that's what's happening now is that wrestling fans have become expectant. They've become almost greedy. Like, hey, you entertaining me isn't enough. You need to sign my hat. You need to sign my shirt. You need to give me free merch in order for us to make this relationship, quote unquote, real to me. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's you are absolutely correct there. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it, it goes back. And this is something that we see all the time uh, where just about every sport, once people get disgruntled, they mm-hmm. always throw this in people's face. I pay your salary. Oh, I hate that line. And it's like, you do not pay my salary. Sorry. You don't sign my checks. Right. The promoter promoter pays my salary. I don't owe you. All I owe you is to show up Mm -hmm. and perform. That's it. I don't owe you anything outside of that. You know? And, like, you have – it's just this weird – thing and and the other thing too is i i and i hate to say it this way but like professional wrestling tends to uh attract being that it is a niche thing it tends to attract those people that operate on the fringes otherwise you know you can say they're damaged they're damaged people we are damaged oh yeah it's true like and it's there are there are some more than others like we have there are some people we know actually I can't even say some. There are plenty of people that we associate with on a daily basis within the programs community, uh, and like are flat out damaged people. You know, like have, and we all have our issues, right? But some people don't have it. You know, like I know Damien sees this stuff all the time, especially since that's his. You know, that's his wheelhouse as far as his profession goes. Mm-hmm. Like how you can see. You can notice the things right off the fat, off the back. Because I know sometimes I see the interactions that some people have in between, like with the others, and I'm like, okay, this is, huh? Something's not right here. Something, so let me something. throw this out. Let me throw out this question. Uh-huh. At what point? At what point do us as wrestling fans who are coherent in mind, let's just say it like that, who are mentally coherent? At what point do we put ourselves out there to say, whoa, 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 relax, dude, or relax, lady. It's all just wrestling. It's not that serious. At what point do we get involved? Or even do we bother getting involved? We don't, don't get involved. Because I don't, I don't think you can. Because you, you are going to have, especially when it comes to things that people love, they are always going to, like, they're going to, well, who are you to tell me that? I'm like, well, you know, with you, you're like, I'm actually a medically trained professional. So, but like, it's, it's one of those things, like, doesn't matter what you really do. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna get blowback because you're gonna have people that are gonna say, well, why, what gives you the right to say that? And the thing is, there are plenty of wrestlers out there that feed into it. Like they, you can like some of them in a nefarious fashion. As we've seen in the past, you know, weeks or so, how people have been accused of things, and trust me, this ain't the, this is not the first, it will be the last, because mm-hmm. I can guarantee all those years of tales on the road and all that, uh, that 
I can guarantee there's a good chunk of that stuff that happened that was not what the people asked for. So, uh, so yeah. Matt, what do you think? I think that it's not my responsibility. I think that um, – okay, so, so actually, wait. So, so it, there's two parts to it. Yes. I think that online, if stuff happens in Twitter, it's not my responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. Because the way that you present yourself on social media, uh, I'm assuming, uh, and I'm saying this as somebody who uh, built up a persona when I first met uh, Damon, uh, which was basically me. It was just like, instead of like to 10, it was to 11, but like I was, I was, it was who I was at the time, and I think that we are. Uh, what you, you are responsible for what you present on social media. Right. That being said, I think that if it gets to a show, and I brought up this on our last episode about like the the girl in uh, THWF from New York that uh, she was at a show in New York, and mm-hmm. a guy followed her there, sat next to her, was really really creeping her out. And then followed her out of the venue. I think that if a a fan, male, female, whatever it is, if they're placed in a situation where they don't feel safe at a show by somebody else at that show, just be a human being, right? And it's not just at a show. It's in general. Like if you're on the bus, if you're on the subway and you see somebody being harassed or mm-hmm. like dealing with racism or being assaulted, you are be a human being. Don't try and ignore it, and like because it's not your issue, right? That's that. That's what I'll say. I, I think that online, online, you, you have to be. You have to be. You have to be responsible for yourself. And there's avenues to avoid uh, to to cut harassment online, such as like you could just block someone on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right? You could just like mute them. You could turn your Twitter. Uh, you, you know, like you can just remove that aspect. Um, in real life, you don't have that option, right? And I think in real life, you need to rely on other people being human, and I think that we as people need to be human. No, I completely agree. Uh, because like we've all seen it at events when women get attention that they don't want, mm-hmm. right? Like it, ha- and, and it happens to a degree like such a high degree with women that, you know, it's really not even something that we have to worry about when, as, as men. Right. So like when we see, and when we see this happen at these events, we have to step up and say something, you know, like we cannot just sit there and like, if, cause you can tell, like if you have any empathy whatsoever, you can tell when somebody's uncomfortable, right? Like if you see somebody being uncomfortable, especially if they're being followed or being accosted by somebody, step in like just be a decent human being and step in and say look chill right and if it comes and if it has to become physical shit it has to become physical at that point but like like you said online that's one thing it's words right like as adults for the most part most of us can process things like that it's just words Mm -hmm. but you know like if we were teenagers or kids or something like that that's a different story but as adults you know, you can deal with that stuff online. Like the amount of death threats that I got when I was a moderator was fucking astounding. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it'd be one another thing. Like if it was in person, if somebody is sitting there saying that they want to kill someone in person, right? 
that's a different story. That's you definitely need to step in in situations like that. Right. But like, and, and, go ahead. And, and and this goes into something also that we were talking about uh, before the show. And th- this is something that, that uh, is currently um, kind of important in pro wrestling Twitter. Uh, there is uh, the the wrestler Sean or- uh, Sean Orleans, uh, Sean Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. I've never seen him wrestle live, uh, but. Uh, there were accusations made that he sexually assaulted a female wrestling fan. Right. And um, for a while, she was dealing with it alone because uh, Sean is a Michael Elgin student. Yes. Um, he is very, very tight in that uh, Midwestern wrestling community. And again, pro wrestling fans have a problem separating themselves uh, from I enjoy watching this person wrestle and this person is my friend. Right. And um, so for the most part, she was just dealing with this on her own. And one day somebody saw her post and like sent it over to glory pro and glory pro finally like pulled Sean from all the, from all the shows, despite her also tagging glory pro in the original post when it first got posted. Right now, fast forward, Sean got pulled what four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Yeah, about three weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. Three weeks ago, um, and she is now dealing with uh, pro wrestling, uh, a facet of pro wrestling Twitter, which is trying to discount her because she send like she posts like photos of her butt and she talks mm-hmm. about sex, and because she does these things. She's not to be believed. Right. And um, there are people that, that we know uh, that are the ones that are uh, just attacking her. Um, and again, just because somebody acts a certain way doesn't mean or has a certain profession, right? Like mm-hmm. just, just because somebody does porn doesn't mean that you can grab their, like, grab their pussy. Right. Like, it doesn't mean that you could do that that is their profession. Um, it doesn't mean you treat them like anything less than a human being. Right. right. And she's been dealing with people uh, calling her like a whore. And uh, because she sent, uh, she posted photos online of like, on like free the nipple day or something like that. Like she's a slut and she was asking for it. And like her story is not to be believed. And there's, again, there's this issue on, in pro wrestling where like Sean may be your friend, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, like in real life, he may be your friend, but don't discount what she's gone through because, and like trying to attack her character because of like something that's like, that she does. Right. right? Yeah. Um, And I think that's something that, that pro wrestling just in general, and it's not even pro wrestling. It's everything in general. Um, like until all the facts are are facts, you right. can't you, you you have to take the victim's word at this, right? And David Starr was uh, came to her defense yesterday, and yeah, I saw that thread. Mm-hmm. And, and David Starr was like, "Look, I don't know everything. I hope that there was due diligence made before he got pulled from all these shows. But what you're doing, and it's." I don't know if I should name names, but uh, what you're doing is um, 
you're trying to discount her story by uh, by saying that she that that she posted a, a naked photo and the guy in question uh, decides to walk it back and he's like, I wasn't doing that. It wasn't that. Uh, I was just pointing it out. And it's like, no, that's exactly what you're doing. You're trying to discount her, which happens in court. This happens in court all the time. Right. It is literally one of the first things that happen during rape cases. Mm-hmm. Rape and ch- so not just rape, but also statutory rape and pedophilia trials. That is the first defense that they always use is you attack the character. Oh, well, this person dresses that way. Oh, well, she was asking for it. Oh, well, she came on to me. Like, you can't do that. Like, I'm I'm waiting waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I'm not even waiting because I don't want this to happen. Mm -hmm. But like uh, Damon said, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop uh, for the time when we find out that this isn't the only case. Oh and yeah, and the shoe's gonna drop soon. That's the shitty part about it. Like we don't want it to happen, but because, it's going to. But it's going to happen. Like that's just because of the nature of people. It is knowing how people operate. It's going to happen. And when it happens, I said this a few weeks ago. I was like, look, when this happens, when like because it's already started, right? And I remember uh, snoring elbow on uh, you know shout out to Vinny Massaro was like. <laughs> when they first start, like when the Harvey Weinstein stuff happened, he was like, I can tell right now there's a lot of promoters out there whose butts are clenched real tight right now. It's true. And once once it happens, when it happens, uh, like I said, a lot of your faves are going to get drowned in the flood. And a lot of y'all are going to get drowned just along with them because you are going to sit there and hang on to them because, quote unquote, they are your friend. Right. And that's that's what's wrong with the whole dying on the sword thing, because I I did a podcast a long time ago. You you both know what the podcast is. You know, one of the best episodes we did was where people were sending Roman Reigns death threats, you know, for being the chosen one. And I kept saying, like, you realize Roman Reigns and Joe and I are two completely different different people, people. like. He's a husband and a father outside the ring, goes back to Matt's point. Like, the minute the shield pants come off and he puts on, like, his dad clothes, he's a dad. He's a husband. You can boo Roman Reigns all you want, but don't go attacking his family or don't go attack, especially, and I'm not comparing that he did something wrong, egregious, you know, but I'm just saying there are two sides to an athlete, the the on-the-court side and the the off-the-court side. And a lot of people mix up both and it's all the same story. And that gets on my last nerve because even in movies, sports, wrestling, you don't, before social media, no one knew Michael Jordan was a jackass. Right. You know, you heard rumblings that he was, you know, he was a, a womanizer, a gambler, same with Charles Barkley. And Charles Barkley to his credit was like, yeah, I gamble. So what? Like he got out in front of it. Michael Jordan, on the other hand, people are still drowning with the whole, nah, nah, that's not him. Nah, there has been documents produced that he invested in prisons right, because right. it was financially feasible for him and in sweatshops. And people are just like, nah, I can't believe that. Dude, you got evidence looking at you right in the face and you're still going to blindly say no? And that's what bothers me, this hero worship nonsense that, like you said, D, my fave can't do anything wrong. No, they wouldn't do that. Look, 
don't know if you guys remember the uh, the wrestler Rude Boy Riley. Yes, the pedophilia. Yes, and and when that happened, you had the same civil war. Nah, I can't believe it. He wouldn't do that. His constituents were saying that. His coworkers were saying that. Fans yep. were saying that. And then on the other hand, people were just like, "Well." And then when the evidence came out, everybody stood quiet. When he got arrested, everyone stood quiet. There was no free rude boy. There was none of that hashtag let my favorite go right. kind of thing. And, and we get caught in the prisoner of the moment and we all get sucked into the, the, the Twitter civil war. And I'm saying civil war because I'm on a Marvel kick. Thank you. Avengers uh, trailer yesterday. Uh, Ooh, so good. You know, so and good. we may touch on that later to make it more lighthearted, but that is some of the stuff that's going wrong in all of sports fandom and wrestling fandom. It's this blind hero worship that no matter what the person does, we will follow them to the ends of the earth. Like they're the Pied Piper and where the hamsters or rats that are going to go over the cliff with that person. And I'm sorry, that's why I draw the line. I don't go over the cliff for no one but myself. I don't even do it for my close friends. I don't do it for, do it for me and stuff I believe in. That's it. Yeah. No, I've, I I cut off the appendage when it comes to, like, <laughs> once my friends do shit, like, I cut the appendage off and I solder that shit shut. Like, that is, <laughs> we're, we're not, we won't be doing that. It's like, if you want to die, you can die by yourself. But, yeah, man, that's uh, it's 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 one of those things like and like I said before, like being that we have to suspend disbelief so much as pro wrestling fans and we've done it for so long. Like we've literally been doing this. Most of us have been doing this since we were kids. So it's ingrained in us. And some people that do not have a full grasp on reality. That makes it even harder, you know. Or when you have like people that, you know, maybe they do have some underlying issues uh, that have to do with their mental state, like that doesn't help either, you know. And this isn't to this isn't to shit on them because I th- <laughs> it's probably safe to say most of us on this, uh, all three of us on this episode have some sort of, uh, you know, have dealings with mental illnesses. I myself suffer with clinical depression. <laughs> You know, didn't know that until a few years ago. But once I had got the information and went back through it, it's like, oh, shit, I've had this my entire life. So, yeah, it's uh, what well, it goes back to earlier today, you know, on my Twitter. And you can follow follow me at Dare to be Damon to see what I'm talking about. I, I said and I admitted it for the first time out loud that I have body dysmorphia. Uh, viewpoints of myself. And I've been cl- I have been clinically assessed for this. This wasn't me self-diagnosing. I suffer from body dysmorphia. No matter what I look like, I still think I'm the fat kid from, you know, when I was 16, 17, weighing 305. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if I do four workouts a day. It doesn't matter if I'm eating right. No matter what, I'm going to look at myself as hideous. Whereas someone who's in denial would say, or they would have the opposite. They would have like a histrionic thought process. And I think that, that kind of fills in with wrestling fans is because it's like, no, my favorite I believe in them and I am empowering myself by digging my heels into the ground and following the herd for all intents and purposes. Look, man, if you're not afraid, if you're not willing to be vulnerable and say you fucked up, pardon my French, then you're not, I'm sorry, then I can't take you seriously. If you're going to always tell me, you know, the sky is blue, the sky is blue, the sky is blue, and you don't believe it's gray ever then I may have to have sit down and, and have a nice little clinical conversation with you because obviously your grasp on reality 
is not where it should be. And, and that bothers me. And I want to be the best human I can to everybody. You know, I try my best to to see both sides, D, like you said earlier, off air. I think we all know where we stand on terms of mental illness. Right. And if anyone listening, if this is going to make the, the, the final cut, right. just reach out to us. If you wanna, If you want to just vent, if things are getting too dark and too bad and too heavy, three dudes who are willing to have a conversation just we're talking about wrestling for, for, for Christ's sake. So right. imagine if it's something serious, we will gladly give our energies to stuff like that because right. we would never want our fellow humans to have to go through the stuff that we walk through every single day. So please reach out to us on Twitter. If you have any of our emails, reach out to us and we will be here for you. We I will, I, I will, I will always, I will always respond to something. Like, right. Yeah. And that for for us, I I think that's where we are in terms of just giving people a, a, a outlet and a resource, you know. Because there's a lot of crazy things that people are complaining about, and I'm gonna bring it back to something completely ridiculous. So so audience, just bear with me. Uh, people going back to fandom, mm-hmm. they'll draw that line in the sand because some people will be, you know, we'll take it to comics. Some people are DC. Some, some people are Marvel. Marvel. Yep. I saw Suicide Squad. I saw Justice League. Yep. Well, those, 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 those were just farts. Just, yeah. yeah. And that's why I made the noise. Like actual yeah. farts. Those movies were horrible. You yeah. know, and it's fun. I'm glad I got to watch it for free because had I paid money for it, I would have been really annoyed. But now, on the other hand, because I saw Thor Ragnarok and I wasn't one of the people who were blindly loving it, right. I, I gave it a solid C+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was better than the second Thor movie, which isn't saying much. Yeah. And it had good moments. It was but fun. Now we have the response. Yeah. As the Avengers trailer has dropped last night, uh, I personally like the D23 trailer a little bit better just because that made me more excited for mm-hmm. the movie, more so than what we saw yesterday. Am right. I going to watch it? Of course. There's like a yeah. billion superheroes in it. Yeah. You know? But some people are, are complaining that there's too much emphasis on Wakanda. Right. Now, I want to backsmack people who say that because I feel like Wakanda in the comics is revered as, as one of the, I don't want to throw around deity words, but, you know, it's like the seven deities that Mar- Matt Hardy talks about. Right. Nobody messes with Wakanda, man. Like, right. you need to shine a light on this, especially with the Black Panther movie coming out, which I cannot wait to see. But Hype for it. I so love hype. the fact that a lot of the ground Avengers are going to be defending Wakanda because we saw so many other instances in superhero movies where New York gets destroyed. DC gets destroyed. uh, Sokovia gets destroyed. Well, Wakanda's like, F that you ain't coming in here trying to kill our homeland. We are going to fight to the death to protect our home world. And for me, that's empowering to see. I know it's out of the superhero genre, but I am so looking forward to it just from that aspect alone, because you get to, you get to see something that's not about just about superpowers. Right. You know what I mean? Like Captain America doesn't have a shield. I don't know what the hell Black Widow's doing. Like there's so many questions I have now because of the Black trailer. Got her hair done. Yeah, exactly. she her hair did. You know, maybe she touched the Tesseract or something and her hair turned <laughs> white. I don't know. But these are the things I'm looking forward to. So people who are complaining about there's too much focus on Wakanda or Thanos looks like a wrinkled prune. It's like, really? Thanos has looked like a wrinkled prune since forever. And like, so this is the issue that I've been having for like the longest time 
is so you have people that don't actually know source material arguing mm -hmm. that the movies aren't sticking to the source material. And it's like, well, first off, you can't just take some, there is no one-to-one -one conversion for nope. any of this stuff. Like, cause it's stupid. Like, let's, let's, let's be real about it. This is, we just like with professional wrestling, right? <laughs> like it's the same thing. Like if you take this outside of the vacuum of what it is, this stuff is stupid. You have men, grown men and women running around in tights doing feats of incredible physicality and crazy with crazy powers like come on now you really can't argue about that stuff like stop being dumb about it but you but when it comes to what we currently have going on now like these you have these folks with you know i am dc and i'm marvel and like i remember there was one guy that i uh, was talking about how i had to like one of my friends is like a diehard DC fan, and like he defends uh, Man of Steel, uh, Batman versus Superman, and Suicide Squad to the oh, death. Man. And I'm like, my guy, I'm sorry. Nope. Let me go ahead and explain to you why you're wrong. And my points that I have about the movies aren't even so much about the characters as them just being bad movies, right? Like anytime I I argue about this stuff, the first thing I say is take the fandom and the source material away mm -hmm. from it. Was this a good film? And if you can't say yes, then you can't say yes when you add the fandom back into it. You know, like you cannot, and like, as you said with Wakanda, like so many people don't know that Wakanda is like a powerhouse. Yes. You know, like they don't realize like, so there's, there was this, this concept of the Illuminati inside of the Marvel universe where it's, basically like the most powerful beings on earth and black panther is one of them and he is for you know folks to for the dc fans who don't really read marvel he is like batman if batman killed people mm. like and now has superpowers too and the thing is like people don't realize is one wakanda is not to be fucked with and two black panther is definitely not to be fucked with like he is the one person. So with you know within DC, you know people are like, yeah, we probably shouldn't fuck with Batman because he's crazy and he's rich. But when you have interplanetary beings, like celestial beings, that are like, I am not going to get on the Black Panther's bad side right. because he will kill me. Not a kind of no, he will kill me it's <laughs> so, not a joke not like oh he you know he'll mess me up real bad no, no he will kill you he will kill you like there's a panel that he has with i believe it was dr strange and like the lead up to it is that dr strange had like killed a bunch of people in wakanda during a conflict and he said i have to work essentially paraphrasing he's like i have to work with you right now but when my needs have now become wants i am going to kill you mm-hmm just letting you know that. And Stephen Strange was like, well, I am fucked. <laughs> so, yeah, and it, it's it's good to see, like, it's, for me, this is, like, it's so good to see, like, a person of color that is, that is like, leading the charge and that you see, you know, like, powerful people, not just black people, but people from Africa. Like, because it's, you know, Africa is stigmatized as this, you know, poverty-stricken places where, 
all of the little children have flies crawling around their faces. Which Sally Struthers is trying to feed the children. Yeah. Exactly. 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 So like, it's it's so empowering to actually see that, and like, it, and people don't realize like how good it is, how good it feels to see that, especially folks that are like that are of a very specific demographic. So like most of the time, like most people, you've grown up seeing like 18 to 35 year old white men as the main characters for most things. Mm-hmm. And like, when I say white men, I don't mean white Jewish men. I mean, white Christian men, because that is the, you know, that is the run of the mill within the United States. Everything that's produced, these are the characters. So like when you actually get to see characters of Jewish descent, you get to see characters of African-American or Latino descent, which actually, if you guys haven't seen Coco, go see it. It is amazing. You will oh, Coco ruled. Coco oh, legitimately was... one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, like that is that is in my top three of Pixar's movies. Toy Story 2, The Incredibles, and Coco. It's Done. that damn cool. series. Oh, I cannot wait for The Incredibles. I, I, have, I have that exact list, by the way. <laughs> yeah, like it, it is, it is, it's, and then Toy Story 3, because I bawled in that fucking movie. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, and of course, because this bleeds over into professional wrestling too. When you is is like everybody right now is talking about inclusivity and making sure that you uh, have representation for everybody, and I know a lot of white males because it's not so much an issue with white women because they suffer from the same thing as we do, right? Because like I think there's the stat is something like eighty five percent of all movie roles that have been uh, produced by Hollywood are men, white men, which is crazy, right? It's like, you know, you look at a movie like Star Wars and there was only one female character for the longest time in Star Wars. One, just one. For like the first three movies, there was only one female character. And it's like, when you get to finally see someone that looks like you in something like that, you know, whether it be, um movie or a wrestling ring like that is empowering like that feels so good to actually see yourself in something you know like when it's because for so long we've had you know the stereotypical the negative stereotypical uh things when it comes to black men and uh, jewish men and uh latino men it's like okay Mm -hmm. you're just these things and it's like when you finally get to see that it's so good and like i remember with me just for instance I didn't get to see a hero character that was black until I was nine years old. Oh, wow. Right. Mantis. (laughs) (laughs) Mantis. Right before that, we didn't have that. Oh, like, we talk about that Channel Two show, Mantis. I'm talking about the Channel Two show, Mantis, where oh, he was in the God. wheelchair and when yeah, he put yeah. the suit on, it gave him superpowers. Exactly. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But it's like, and that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people, a lot of white men, you know, they can't imagine that because all they've seen their entire lives has been, you know, themselves. Mm-hmm. So when we finally get to see something, oh my God, we grip onto it, we hold onto it for dear life. <laughs> Well, that was like when I was watching when I was watching Thor Ragnarok. For me, I felt so compelled watching Tessa Thompson's uh, portrayal of Valkyrie mm-hmm. because she had so much trauma, you know, that befelled her 
where she was like, you know what? I'm going to go into my own pit of misery and nothing's going to pull me out of it type stuff. You know, watching her loved ones essentially get destroyed. And then apparently she was supposed to be revealed as bisexual. Right. And the last person that she sees dies was her lover. Right. So that's tumultuous. And to see her character kind of reclaim her former glory to say, you know what? I may get my ass beat by Hella, but I'm not going out like no punk. Right. And personally, watching that, watching those kinds of stories where, and, and this goes back to the Avengers, where it will be insurmountable odds against Thanos. Because I've read Infinity War, I've read Infinity, you know, I, I, I've, I've kept up to date. So the source material will not be accurately translated. It happened with that with uh, Civil War, it's going to happen here. Right. But so, it doesn't so take away my excitement. So, 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 here, here's, so here, here's my feeling. One too many black people in this in, in this in this trailer. Way too many. <laughs> way too many black I, I need I need more white people represented, and I felt uh, under uh, underrepresented. There's too many black people. Uh, I love it. I have loved dealing with these people online, and like I don't care if it's in Africa. It's not enough. There are not enough white people in this. Well, that's what happened with Luke Cage. They were just like, what's with all the black characters in Luke Cage? Where's the white characters? Because he's in fucking... <laughs> They're in Harlem! Yeah, you could go to Harlem now and like you'll see some people that just like... That's where like <laughs> white people could afford to live. Mm. But like, yo, like... Okay, so, so here's the thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to the movie... Uh, like Damien, I, I did see uh, Justice League. I've seen all the DC movies. I like comic book movies. Like I like comic books. I enjoy comic books. Yes. Right? Um, Justice League was just farts. Um, <laughs> it was so, like it was. And here's the thing: it was clear that it was made by two directors. Yep. Like yes. the tone shifts. You can tell when the tone shifts exactly. Yes. And I think that the problem is, is that. Uh, like, so Justice League was a bad movie. There's there there are um, certain high points. Um, uh, I think that Jason Momoa and um, that is a sexy man. I'm just gonna go ahead and put that out there. But it's definitely a good looking man. I think that Ezra Miller did a great job. Oh, I loved like, his character. I, I, loved I his didn't. Um, I did not. I also, I also think that uh, Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck want nothing to do with DC anymore. Nope. nope. And it was very clear by that. They mailed uh, that in exactly. You're right. Like that was very, very apparent. Um, Steppenwolf as the big bad was fucking dumb. Because uh, who the fuck is Steppenwolf? I mean, right. Who is he? You have literally DC has like Marvel has the better heroes. I think DC has the better villains. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like this like weird fringe like new god that no one's ever heard of unless like you're a diehard uh, DC fan. Um, the Avengers Infinity War trailer drops, and uh, I was talking with uh, Damon. We, we talked about it yesterday a little bit, but I was a little underwhelmed, um, mm-hmm. uh, or I, I was more underwhelmed by this trailer than I was with Black Panther and Thor. Like Black yes. Panther, legitimately, like I was hyped. Like, yeah. I, like I'm I'm with Black Twitter on that one, man. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> Black Panther so late. <laughs> <laughs> Like Black Panther's so lit. Like the second that, that trailer dropped, like I was with you guys. Like, like I was like, "What? Like I'm gonna go to the fucking movies? Like I'm gonna go to Atlanta? I'm gonna go see the movie with you guys? I hope Crimson comes <laughs> right. down from DC." Right. 
<laughs> get hammered and we're going to enjoy this movie. Um, Infinity War, uh, I wasn't super hyped on. Uh, I'm still going to see it. I think that it's going to be a great movie. Uh, I think that Marvel also can't show a lot that's going to be happening because um, they're literally at the end of everyone's contracts. Right. 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 Um, I'll agree. I think that uh, it's really, really cool to see them shifting focus into uh, Wakanda um, and like Chadwick Boseman uh, as probably like the new Tony Stark, Captain America character. Right. Like he's clearly going to be the number one um, going forward. Like if Black Panther does any sort of box office, Uh, but no, like compared to justice league, justice league was farts. I'm looking forward to, to Infinity War. Um, I did you guys watch Punisher? I'm so I'm like four episodes into it, and I got sidetracked by watching. I haven't watched one episode yet, so yeah, it's it maybe started out good for me, but I got sidetracked watching the Great British Baking Show on Netflix, and that is just taking up all of my time over the past like week or so. I'm just gonna be real with you, uh, but yeah, though, like, and I agree with you, like. So just you could how you could tell that Justice League was it was done by two directors. It's like it was the exact same thing issue that I had with Suicide Squad. Because with Suicide Squad, the, the thing with Suicide Squad is you could tell that that used to be a great movie. Yeah. That's what irked me the most was you could tell that at one point in time, that movie was probably amazing. And then it all went to shit. So like with the, and what I and with with the thing that, especially with this, the one of the major issues that I had with this one was the pacing, because it's like okay, you're trying to shove the origin stories of two new characters, three new characters, into this story, and it's like you can't do that in in that little bit of time. It's just not possible, right? And even if you know the mythos of it, still you want to see this stuff play out on screen. And you had the same issue with Suicide Squad. And like what Marvel has done, Marvel has had 12 years at this point that they've been building towards this. Like you have these characters that you are already emotionally invested in and you already know their backstory. So you can actually have a decent story instead of having to shoehorn an origin story in and then shoehorn a bunch of action into it. And about the action, the CGI in this was fucking. Oh terrible. my god, Lord, don't even get me started with the CGI. It was this so was like garbage. Seven, like this was direct to DVD. Mm-hmm. Like this look. What was the movie that? What year did Beowulf come out? Oh fuck, fuck. Beowulf. Yeah. That actually did remind out. me of it. Yeah, because it was computer generated and just looked really bad. Right. Yeah. Beowulf came out in two thousand and seven, mm-hmm. ten years ago, and the graphics were on par with that. Like Steppenwolf looked bad, and then the whole fact, and this was the this is how you know DC has no or Warner Brothers has no power whatsoever. The fact that they couldn't get it to whereas Henry Cavill could shave his mustache off, <laughs> they had to remove that in post, and it looked terrible. And you know, then, the, you know what Steppenwolf looked like? He looked like Skeletor from Masters of the Universe. Yes, the with movie. the nose, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Which like Masters of the Universe at least had practical effects. It was a bad movie. Yes. Right. 
But I like, still love it, but it was a bad. Yeah, movie. Like, like I love that movie. If I see, if that comes on TV, oh, I watch it. Yeah, I'll definitely. Watch it. <laughs> it's a fucking time. Between that oh, and the fucking 1989 Punisher movie, I'm gonna watch the shit out of both of them, even though they are horrible. Just like Dolph Lundgren movies. <laughs> hey, Dolph Lundgren was that guy. I gotta, I, I, you know, back in the 80s, he was that guy. Like, oh man! Like I don't know, man. I think the uh, comic book movies. Um, comic book franchises. I mean, even like fantasy, though. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer for that new uh, Will Smith joint that's coming out on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, With, it looks uh, interesting to me. Yeah, like I'm stoked on that, man. Yeah. Like, I, I just like fresh takes, and I think that Justice League was Warner Brothers realizes that they went too dark and gritty because apparently people don't want to watch a movie made by a man who wanted to have Batman. Uh, be raped in prison. Right. <laughs> true, true story. Yeah. True story. That was Zack Snyder's idea originally for Batman's origin was that Batman got raped in prison. Uh, I'm glad I'm they didn't do that. that. Glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, and nobody, like, y- this movie has still not recouped its marketing budget. Right. Like, <laughs> so, 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 with, so with movies like this, and just because, like, I have a pretty decent idea of how Hollywood, at least with uh, marketing budgets, go with like major productions like this. So this was a $300 million movie. And when you look at a budget on Wikipedia, when it says $300 million, that's production. Right. That's literally from like time spent filming. Right. That's it. And, and post-production as well. Like, and like fixing like the mustache. $300 million. Right. The marketing budget is usually the same as the production budget because you now need to, you know, have all these guys, uh, all your actors get flown around the world for, uh, you know, press junkets and doing press. So, like, when you see Ben Affleck doing uh, Conan and he's promoting Justice League, the studio is paying for all of this. Right. Uh, they're paying for advertisements in. 187 countries like TV ads all this stuff costs a ton of money yep this movie has not broken 500 million dollars yet yeah and that's not a good like and and the thing about it and like this is how like and the the not just the genius but the ruthlessness of Disney right now <laughs> is amazing because not only so they put so they put Justice League up against Coco, and Coco won. <laughs> when it when it debuted, it beat Justice League, and it's already bad enough because I believe that was the second week the Justice League had been out, and it still was just like it was struggling, right? So then Coco comes out and just steals all that thunder, and just as you, as Warner Brothers thinks, you know what? It's over. Then Disney Marvel puts out the Infinity War trailer. That was just like and that. Star was, Wars is next week, by the way. Oh and yeah, people forget Star week. Wars is next week. Yeah. So Disney is like, y'all ain't got shit on me. <laughs> like it was this. I haven't seen any. And I remember it was a few years back. I believe it was Civil War. Actually, was when uh, the Batman versus Superman, and then like Civil War came. They were supposed to come out the same day. And then I'm DC so was like, do that. Oh. Warner Brothers DC was like, you know what? It's probably not a good idea. Nope. I'm going to go ahead and dial that back. <laughs> and and we're, we're going to think a little bit better of that because that 
that would have been the death knell right there had they done that. Because then they would have seen head to head just how badly they would have gotten washed. But to see this happen, like Justice League to get washed the way that it has, that was that was bad. And what's what this does for me as a as a comic movie fan is no matter what DC comes out with that's not a Wonder Woman franchise, yeah. I'm not gonna give it an ounce of attention, even on free TV. I'm just right. You know, and it's it's weird because I have friends who are diehard DC, you know, fans, and they've been trying to get me into like, you know, the CW universe. You know, like, oh, it's actually, way better than the movies. Actually, the, the the that's the thing. The CW universe, they actually get the stuff right. No, that, and I know that, but it's because I'm so like, like, ugh, from the movies, yeah. I can't even take that step to watch. You know, the first season of the Flash. I'm like halfway through the first season of the Flash. And I can't go back to it because every time I get into it, Warner Brothers and the film studios just kind of just mess up my momentum. Like, all right, I'm just going to take my money back to Marvel or I'll watch Justice League, the animated series, you know, because I have that all. And I'll just, oh, yeah, you know, I'd rather see Jon Stewart as my Green Lantern than Kyle Rayner, which they're trying to do, which I don't. Don't do it. He's the worst of the Green Lanterns. And yo, fuck you. The worst is Guy Gardner. Mm, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll he give you Guy Gardner, and yeah. Guy Gardner got one punched by Superman. Just, just I'm one shot out cold. You mean like Iron Man caught from Thanos in the trailer? Bruh, Thanos, Thanos. That's like the disrespect that Thanos showed. He put the gems on in that man's face, and then knocked him out cold with his bare hand. <laughs> Thanos, just like the memes have said, Thanos is Debo. <laughs> Thanos yeah. just showed up. He is snatching chains, gems, all that shit. Chokes <laughs> like, like Spider Man to the ground. It's like, like, it just fell over. Goddamn. It was just out. Like he got he got hit with like one of those UFC, you know, highlight reel KOs. Like that was one of those KOs. That's like the KO that uh uh you remember this, uh Matt, back in the day. Uh, when we were watching Dream and fucking Jason Highwalker got knocked the fuck out by Maria Zaromskis. Oh, yeah. And you hate that to this day? Yeah, it was that bad. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's like it has its issue. You know, there are the issues that I have with the trailer and so on and so forth. But, like, I am generally interested in this now. Yeah. You know, like, and, and it was the thing is Justice League and, and, or DC uh, Warner Brothers, I should say, since they are the same entity now, like they could of course correct it, right? Like when they got the bad stuff back from, you know, the bad reviews and uh, things like that when it came to uh, the Man of Steel, because the Man of Steel, everything was blue. Like I, you know, they he put the cool filter on everything and that ruined a lot of it for me. And like then they go from that to Batman versus Superman, and then everything is just dark and gritty, and it's like, yo, it's what, what, I like. DC has always been the darker of the two franchises, but still, like, you, you can't have everything be, you know, like this muddled grayish brown color. You know, like it was just bad, bad production. It's like the New York skyline in the daytime. It looks very gray, right? Nobody wants to go there. It's just industrialized. That's for me. That's what DC movies are. It's just all industrialized factories. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true. Right. So, so bo- let, let's let's bottom line the movie for for let's just say Infinity War. 
scale of one to ten, where are you at as far as anticipation is concerned? I'm at about a seven. I'm a ten for Black Panther though. I'm past the ten for Black Panther. I'm probably about a good fifty. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna get hyped for Infinity War after seeing Black Panther. That, Me too. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I think that's it. Like Black Panther really legitimately like. I hope I, I hope I hope that it just kills it. Like I know that it is because I have I have faith, but I hope that it kills it because that movie just looks ridiculous. The amount of time that went into it of just like making sure that every like costume design right. was mm-hmm. accurate. And like, even the trailer, like having run the jewels in the trailer, like everything was just hitting perfectly. Right. <laughs> like, don't freeze i don't freeze <laughs> and like and but even like uh how um how chadwick boseman like approached playing uh chala um or t'challa uh like by saying like i really went and learned how to like speak in an african accent yes. because mm-hmm. this guy is not gonna like the king of wakanda is not gonna go to like europe and learn how to speak in a european accent right like, and because and because recently there was an interview that he did, and somebody actually asked him that. They said, "Why does he speak with an accent?" And me, being someone who grew up with Africa with an African parents, who has you know uh, plenty of African family members, it was like, "Oh, that was just the dumbest thing that you could have asked." Oh, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like I'm so I'm I'm so hyped for Black I, Panther. Like legitimately, I live down the street from like one of those movie theaters that like you can sneak booze into be- and like, because it's just high school kids yeah. on it and like all the seats recline because like one of those like expensive, you know, movie theaters, I'm going to bring in a bunch of booze. Oh yeah. I'm going to get fucked up and I'm going to watch black Panther. And I'm going to watch black Panther again right afterwards. I'm buying back to back tickets. Yo, I don't think y'all understand the type of family reunion ass shit black people are going to be doing in the theaters. There's going to be ribs, fried chicken, chitlins, mac and cheese. And like, just show them with a plate because it's so going to be. Just have a plate. Just have a plate ready. Folks, just lighten up black and miles. Oh, there's going to be, hey, all the stereotypical shit. For that day alone, I am going to be in there. I'm going to eat watermelon. I'm going to have fried <laughs> chicken. He's going to do all the stereotypes. Just I'm going to have fucking it. grape drink in there. Oh, like, grape it's drink. Gonna be, it's going to be serious. But in all seriousness, like, so, and this is why I have so much faith in the movie, is Ryan Coogler. Mm. Ryan Coogler is an amazing director. Like, he... Everything that he has touched has been gold. Fruitville Station, like tough to watch, but an amazing movie. Creed, dare I say that might actually be my favorite movie in the Rocky series. Rocky Four. Rock. Okay. And the end of the Cold War, dude. It's yeah. true. This is true. Rocky Four. Also the heart, the, the hearts on fire montage alone. This is true. This no is true. Pain. No Rocky pain. No pain. <laughs> As he's doing just like those ridiculous inverted sit-ups. Yes, <laughs> the, the reverse plank things. Oh my god! Yeah, I was just talking about this the other day in the car ride uh, from uh, Austin back to Dallas. It was just like we we listened to the whole Rocky Four soundtrack 
because it's, we got, it's an amazing soundtrack. It's an amazing soundtrack. And we all got caught up on the whole when Apollo dies, you know, and Rocky's driving down the highway. Yeah. And he's not really paying attention, but he's going 100. So right. I'm thinking the physics of it all. Like, man, if my best friend died, right. I'm not driving my sports car down the fucking highway. At 100 miles an hour. 100 like miles now. an hour and thinking about some Russian dude that I'm going to fuck up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the last thing I want to think about. Uh, but yeah, like it, but like that's the thing. Go back and watch Ryan Coogler's other movies if you haven't seen them. Amazing, every single one has been amazing. So, like, that is why I have the most faith. And of course, like, just the cast alone for Black Panther is fucking crazy like, mm -hmm. crazy. Like, just the fact that they have, like, not you know, like, you've got the new folks like Andy Circus and things like that, but you have Forrest Whitaker, mm -hmm. Angela Bassett, mm -hmm. like Winston Duke, like you have all of these like super talented actors. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I am here for this. And then you throw in like, so, you know, you throw in these like lesser characters that are played by major actors, right. you know, so you're, you're even more excited because like, yep, they went all in on the casting on this one yeah. and it's going to be electric and yeah. I can't wait to see it. If I, do, if I do have one, like, it's right. kind of like a beef or a, a problem. It's that they waste. It's that they wasted having Marshall Ali in uh, uh, in Luke Cage, which, like, yeah, he was, yeah. The best of, he was the best part of Luke Cage. Was like he that is that was. I don't care what he does for the rest of his life. Like he was dope in other movies. Like he was incredible in uh, Moonlight. If you haven't seen Moonlight. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. amazing. He was amazing in that. But his tour de force was on Luke Cage. Like just just an amazing performance. He exemplified the character. Like that. And that is it. That's and that's one of the issues that I that we have so much with a lot of the DC movies. It's like they I'm not too much of a stickler for source material, mm -hmm. but you still have to embody the character. Ben Affleck still doesn't embody Batman for me. He just doesn't. Christian Bale did, you know, even back in the nineties, except for, yeah, I can't say that because Val Kilmer and George Clooney, neither of them should have been Batman. But you know, like the first time we saw Batman on like a big, big screen and like they exemplified the character, right? Like you felt the characters when you watched them. Same thing with Christopher Reeves. Like he is bad. He is Superman forever. Yeah, there will and be nobody ever. else. I'm there sorry. will be nobody else. Like Cavill's cool, and Brandon Roth was okay, but like Brandon forever, Roth, forever. Brandon Ruth forever. That man got hosed. Oh yeah, no, he he definitely got hosed. Like, and but he got hosed by a terrible script. Oh, like, definitely that's a bad script. Like he terrible script and terrible casting. Uh, you know, Kevin Spacey should have never been. Especially now that what we know about Kevin's face should have never <laughs> been. We kind of screwed up there. But yeah, like they exemplify those characters. And that was one of the issues that we had, even though like with Justice League and like uh, more so Suicide Squad, I had more issues with like a lot of what I saw in there. Like, sorry, Jared Leto is a terrible joker. Horrible, horrible, horrible joker. I know the fangirls. Because let's be real, those are the main people that are defending him. He is not good. He's a great actor in other movies. But this role, no, not so much. It was not good. Now, uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, different story. 
Because she enveloped the character. She, she embraced it. She embraced that character. Will Smith is Deadshot. I still don't know what the fuck was going on there. Killer Croc, I, me and him, we, we got issues. If I see him in the streets, I am throwing hands because they the let actor, him. The actor. The actor. Not the character, the actor. Both of them. Both oh of them. God. The actor and the character. Because the actor signed on to do this shit. Because he had... Like, I'm sitting there waiting for him to talk, and what did he say? Do they have BET? Said, oh, God, I am going to strangle this man in his sleep some way, somehow. But, yeah. I like like Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang was funny. Yes, he was funny as hell. Like, that, like, you had those little glimpses. And like I said, you had those glimpses in Suicide Squad where you could tell that at one point, this was a really, really, really good movie. Uh, like, what is her name? Cara uh, Delavignia? The, the one with the eyebrows? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. The best part, the best thing that happened in that film for Enchantress was when she first transformed. Because that was a dope visual, but after that, I was like, "Oh, she can't act at all." Well, it goes back to the Rick Flag character too. Like in the comics and in, in Justice League, the animated series, like Rick Flag is depicted as some badass, like I don't give a flying fuck who you are type Murica fuck yeah guy. And right. the one we got was this lovelorn, like I need to save my girlfriend. Shut up! No, that isn't what Rick Flag is about. Oh. Right. Don't even get me started. See, I'll, and it, and that's the thing. It doesn't even like they could have had a character of a different race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he could be, you know, of a different sexual orientation. Like you have to embody the character, and they didn't do that. And it's been like the dude that they had because he was the guy that played RoboCop, and RoboCop was bad. Like the remake, Ro- RoboCop was great. No, it was the, not, sir. Wait, no, wait. The I'm, original. I'm talking, we're talking the original. I'm talking about the remake. The originals okay. were awesome. Except okay. for the last one, the last Robo one Cop was, was not sketchy. great. <laughs> it got it got sketchy. But no, I'm talking about the remake that they made a few years back. I almost it forgot was, about that. Yeah, it because it was very forgettable. So uh, Jackson was I, remember it, I remember. It was yeah. It was it was it was not great. It was not I feel great. I feel like we should do a second episode just talking about comic movies and just oh dude I could go on for I know because like I, we've done shows where we've talked about anime for like two hours and we had to condense <laughs> it to forty five minutes so. right <laughs> yeah I've been there so here's the thing though and, I, and kind of bring it back into wrestling maybe a little bit uh, I am happy to see that the WWF or WWE WWF I say WWF WWE is kind of uh, allowing the absurdity to happen, right. at least on SmackDown, where, like, Vince, I'm pretty sure, is not watching SmackDown at all. Oh, he's right. not. Where, where he's allowing, like, the fashion files to be a thing. Which is amazing. Like, that's the best thing that's going on right now in pro wrestling. Yeah. Like... They've made the Ascension relevant. Think about that. And likable. Not just and relevant, like, but likable. Like, that. I legitimately only watch SmackDown, like, yeah, for... Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and uh, and what's it called? Um, AJ Styles mm-hmm. matches. But, like, no, Fashion Files is the reason to watch SmackDown. And I enjoy that uh, the fact, and I brought it up the, the last show, or our first show, um, where the, um, like, pro wrestling has changed, where, like, the dudes in the 80s were in, like, the 70s. Uh, these are all, like, bodybuilders that just, they loved cocaine and, and, and doing steroids. And, like, that's what they loved. And pro wrestlers today 
are the kids that grew up watching pro wrestling that grew up also like being told that pro wrestling isn't cool and reading comic books and like playing video games. So like the fashion files is funny because like Tyler Breeze and Fandango and uh, Victor and uh, the other one, Connor, Connor Connor. uh, are just like funny dudes that just grew up being weirdos that liked pro wrestling at a time when nobody liked pro wrestling. Yeah. Still to this date, like my favorite, one of my favorite like instances where, you know, Breezango had when they were in the ring with uh, Drew Gulak and I forgot who else was in the ring. Oh my God. The nose to nose thing. The nose to nose. Oh my God. (laughs) The fact that they both stayed in character and did not crack was amazing. Like, I love it. I like the absurdity of SmackDown where you can let stuff like that happen. Like uh, on Tuesday when the New Day came out and Big E was smuggling pancakes in his sink. And like the banter that because one, the Usos are hilarious. Like those are legitimately hilarious dudes. Because that was all off the dome. Because he's sitting there like, "Oh, we got pancakes. We got syrup. Is the syrup supposed to be hot?" Like, <laughs> it, it's because like just simple stuff like that. It's enjoyable, and you like you when you can forget where you are. Like you when you forget, I'm watching fucking. You know, grown men in singlets perform. You know, a, a, a simulated feat, like fantastic mm-hmm. feats and such. Like when I forget that, those are the best times. Like you know, but when I'm sitting here and I'm starting to nitpick stuff, like I do with on Raw a lot, other than you know Braun Strowman, because shout out to Braun Strowman, best thing out right now. <laughs> Can we call Braun Strowman Thanos? SmackDown. Like I want to oh, see yeah. Strowman on SmackDown. Did you see? So, uh, speaking of Than- of calling him Thanos, did you see? Uh, uh, what is his name? Goes by oh, his name is Kristen, but uh, I got I'll tweet it out to you guys. But basically, he put uh, bronze theme to oh uh, when he was Thanos. having up every yeah I saw that too yes yeah. no I didn't see this oh I was crying laughing when I saw that shit yesterday it was hilarious like every every move that Thanos does to beat the crap out of someone they're playing bronze theme song. <laughs> Yeah. While Thanos is knocking out Iron Man, choke slamming <laughs> Spider Man. It's like it's amazing. Yeah, that's about right. That's, that's accurate. About. That's accurate. So, but yeah, no, like the but like just the absurdity and the fact that we can have fun and just sit there and enjoy stuff on SmackDown mm-hmm. in a way that we really can't on Raw because one, Raw is long as hell and like sorry, three hours every Monday, like you just get tired after a while and you just kind of like run down and you're like, ah, I don't really care. I need something mindless on my TV. I need something mindless on my TV. And like, you know, sometimes that's just what you need. Just something mindless. I just want to be able to enjoy and laugh and be like, oh shit. You know, like that's what I need. But you know, having to sit there and it's like overly convoluted for what it is. It's like, ah, it's, okay, it's, I, one one last SmackDown question because I know we're up against it. So, I have a I I don't like Baron Corbin. I am I not a Baron, like Baron Corbin, Corbin guy. Okay, why do you like Baron Corbin? So I like aspects of Baron Corbin. Okay, like I like the fact that he is an unabashed dick. Mm-hmm. Like that is great. What I hate is that he goes where well, you can tell when he's standing there. 
and they ask a question and then they put the microphone to his face. You can see the switch gets flipped and he's like, I have to go in character. Oh, and then I talk like this. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you gotta chill the fuck out, my guy. Cause and this was the, and this was mainly because of talking smack was why this became an issue. Because when you go on talking smack and you're not in persona and you're just talking that talk, he is actually a well spoken, yes. really yes. cool dude, right? Oh, 100 And that's where it was like, yo, I like this dude. I want to root for him. He seems like a legit guy, except for the whole hair situation. But like Oh, the, I, oh his hair his hairline and also his tummy. Oh, the tummy I don't really even care about because I got a little pudge right now too. But like True. like he looks like Felcher from uh, Harry Potter. But anyhow, um, <laughs> he's like, and plus, like the moves, his move set is awesome. Like, well, he patterns days, himself after the boss man, if you've noticed. Oh yeah, yeah. But like all of that's like you know, end of days, the deep six. I'm sorry, like the deep six is one of the coolest looking moves in the WWE right now. But like. I, those are the things that I like about him. And it's like, okay, you know, the back and forth that he had with The Miz, and this is, you know, a, a lot, The Miz has to be thanked for a lot of this stuff. But, like, he, that back and forth was amazing. It made you care about the match even more. It made me care about the match even more. Yeah, so, like, that's why I like, because it's like he's, you can tell that he's slowly growing, you know, over the time. So, and that, that's why I dig him. I still have my issues with him. Right. But I'm... I'm 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 rooting for the guy. What about also, you, Matt? Before before we go off, do you guys watch Total Divas at all? I catch up on it when I can. I don't watch it now. Oh uh, man, Nia Jax. I I've been watching. I've been catching episodes just because of Nia Jax, and I love Nia Jax. So. Nia Jax is incredible, and the fact that like legitimately everybody hates Lana is the funniest thing in the world. Oh yeah. No, like, and sitting there, because the thing about it was, like, when I watched the episodes, I was like, holy shit, like, I am Nia Jax, because I react the exact same way to things in real life. So I've been watching simply for that. Plus, like, Nia Jax is just one of the most beautiful women on earth. Like, she, right she is. Jesus Christ, it is, it's, like, disturbing how attractive she is sometimes on TV, because it's like, my God, like... I know you're supposed to be the bad guy, but I don't care. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. Like, WWE has gotten me to care about Nia Jax. I don't even need to see Total Divas to know I care about Nia Jax. Right. Because if you follow her social media game, she's all about empowering people. And, you know, the whole thing about kayfabe being dead, whatever. That's why inevitably when they turn Nia face, oh, it's whenever, awesome. whenever that happens, it's going to be amazing because she's finally going to be able to be herself. Right. You know, and I, I know that that's what people say. Like when you're your gimmick, when you're yourself turned up, what, 3000 degrees, that's your right. gimmick. Right. Like the rock and like in Nia Jax's case, I think the same thing with the Usos. The yeah. Usos have never been more entertaining ever since the switch over to a more laid back. Like, man, we don't care. We just going to win. We're going to beat your ass. And that's that. Right. Like, and they, and on talking smack, everybody was, was able to find their voice because it was a show destined to just kind of shoot. Right. Like that was the whole point of talking smack was to shoot. So when the Miz did his whole shtick against Daniel Bryan, that made you care about the Miz even more because people just hate the Miz just to hate the Miz. Now they hated the Miz because he was passionately believing in himself. Right. It's like, damn, Baron Corbin, when he got the fucking skull cap with his Metal Gear solid looking ass, right. it's like talking about, 
yeah, you know, I'm a Golden Gloves champion. What's this guy got? And I'm thinking, actually, you're right. You're, you're right. a Golden Gloves champion. You're right. I wouldn't want to mess with you. You're a bad man. Right. <laughs> but the, oh, but the the one of the best things still on Talking Smack was when the Miz ethered Daniel Bryan. Like that was one of the most brutal takedowns of all time. Yeah, all time. Like and the when because the next day somebody put that on uh, Twitter with the ether beat and it just matched up perfectly. I was like, oh god, I can feel this in my chest. <laughs> people people thought that Daniel Bryan was reacting seriously too when he walked away, which is why it works so well. Yes, right. right? Like they and like literally that is why that's why the Miz is where he's at now. That's why a lot of people are. are are in the positions that they are now is because of talking smack. Yep. So I guess we're all saying bring back talking smack. I think bring back talking smack. Guys. That's that's the general gist of it all. And you know it's funny because Renee Young is she doesn't get a lot of credit for being she's quirky, she's nerdy for all intents and purposes. And you need that in professional wrestling. You need someone to steer into the to steer into the skid. And right. from day one, she has steered into the skid. People make fun of her outfits or her hair. She don't give a flying fuck. She just went on her honeymoon with Dean Ambrose. Exactly. She married Dean Ambrose. Right. You know, John Moxley, Jonathan Good, whatever you want to call him. Think about that. It takes a special kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to want to settle down with John Good based on his life. So right, you know right. what, Renee Young, kudos to you. Daniel Bryan, kudos to you. And I can't wait. For your contract to run out to see what you're going to do next. I don't want to see him in the ring. That's just right. me. I don't want to see him hurt himself any more than he has to. But on the indies, sort of doing like a Jimmy Jacobs thing, I could see Brian Danielson doing and just like laying people out with a kick here and a kick there, and the whole crowd goes home happy type yep. shit. Oh, yeah. like basically like the bullet, like seeing the bullet club. Oh God. Oh, I don't even want to get started on that. Jesus no, Christ. That that's another episode because I'm another off the bullet club train, guys, man. But like yeah. people just want to see the Bullet Club. They don't care if they get to see a full match. Right. Yeah. And that's so, and that's an issue that I really want to. I, that's something I really want to delve into on because the tribalism that we've got going on in pro wrestling right now, when it, especially when it comes to the Bullet Club, like it completely. People already, you know, don't listen to reasoning when it comes to uh, you know professional wrestling. But that is a different level when it comes to like that one. It's like, all right, this is uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to tackle that on the next episode. We'll tackle that on the next one. You could find the show or us individually on Twitter. Matt's at Matt Raw Five Twelve. Dio's at I'm what I'm Dio. I'm just Deo. I'm just Deo, and myself at Dare to Be Damon. You've been listening to the podcast champions. Hopefully, we'll put this together in better construct next time. We're just really passionate guys, and we got off on a bit of a nerd tangent, so I want to apologize to the audience now. Uh, but you'll find us on multiple podcasting networks and stations. Uh, it will drop hopefully in a couple of days. We'll talk to you next time, guys. I am the podcast champion. I am the podcast champion. We are the podcast champions. I am the champion. podcast champions. Okay. Well, we are the podcast champions. We are the podcast champions.
indeed. I love them.